Welcome to the Act Two podcast, a podcast for the real life working screenwriter. I'm Tasha Hugh. And I'm Josh Hallman. And just as a little intro, please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any of our awesome topics coming up next year and in our interviews and whatnot. We got some really cool stuff coming up the pipeline. Down the pipeline? Anyway, if you have time, give us a rating, write a comment, tell us how bad or good you might be doing. If you'd rather DM us, you can write us with questions, comments, topic suggestions, or hey, just say hi at act2writers at gmail.com, which is all spelled out, or on our Instagram at act2writers. Don't laugh at me. No, I just <laughs> just come and say hi. I'm lonely. <laughs> hi, Tasha. <laughs> all right, what are we talking about today? Well, Tasha... Today, as the year 2020 comes to a close, Hmm. we're talking about goals because a new year is always the reset button. I don't care what anyone says. It's a fresh start. New year, new you, new everything. I'm all about the resolutions. I'm all about the resolutions too. It is so good. You can just sweep all of your problems under the rug, pretend like they didn't happen and just move on to new things. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't say that. (laughs) And so, and so, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about goals today. And basically, I think we're going to be breaking down, you're going to be breaking down how you set your own goals, mm-hmm. maybe how writers should approach goals, why goals are so important. Yeah. What the hell do you do with your life if you don't have goals, specifically as a screenwriter? Yeah. That's what we're talking about today. It's, there's a lot of stuff. I think it's really important because I think writing goals specifically uh, everyone's welcome to do their own life goal checklist, but we're going to speak to specifically writing goals. Um, it can feel really overwhelming really fast. So that like for me, typically the pattern is that by the time June hits, I'm feeling guilty. Yeah. <laughs> by the time Christmas hits, I'm like drinking way too much wine or eggnog. Yeah, of course. <laughs> kind of lamenting that I've done nothing this year. So I very quickly learned I had to reformat how I think about writing goals. So this is how I do it. Josh is going to talk about how he does it, which I think is great because Josh, you and I have very different brains. So hopefully at least one of us will make some kind of sense to you and and help you out with, with how to structure your goals. I mean, this is pretty obvious, but I think it's, I just, we have to say this, but like, why are goals important to you? I think without goals, I will spiral. I will not fully function properly towards anything. Like nothing will get done if I don't have very clear checklists in front of me that I need to check off as the year goes on. And I need to set myself up for success. And this is just one of the many ways I use to do that. It's just a tool in the tool chest, as it were. All right. Well, I'm going to dive in. Go. First of all, I should probably say that like, I hate when people are like, this is how you should live your life. These are, this is how you should approach your goals or anything. This is just what I do. Yeah. This is my theory on certain things and whether or not it's a good theory or not, it's just kind of how I approach my life. <laughs> I should also note that first I listed many goals and I've missed many goals, which I think is like how to deal with that. Maybe we can talk about in a little bit because I'm not ready to wrap my head around that quite yet. I need a couple minutes to like warm <laughs> yeah. up. The failure that comes with not accomplishing your goals set out in the new year. Yeah. Yeah. And as a writer, what's really interesting is that if you're writing a spec, for instance, when you're, or if you're, if you make these 
very specific goals for yourself, or if you have goals, like you're the only one who can hold yourself accountable. Of course, there's producers, of course, there's agents and managers, but like at the end of the day, it all falls on your shoulders and, and if you're on a project or whatever. So anyway, kind of jumping ahead, but basically how I get into things end of the year, I usually get very specific about what I want to accomplish in the new year. And I basically write down exactly what I want to accomplish, usually in a notebook. So I just kind of have it written out in front of me, sometimes on a computer, whatever the case. And then whatever those goals are, I will sort of start making deadlines to hit each of those goals. Let's just say it's, well, I want to write something for myself. It's a new spec, whatever. And then, you, you know, you start kind of putting in dates and deadlines that you want to set. And I should also say that when I write down these goals, like in a notebook or wherever it may be, there's usually kind of like a little tabs underneath basically of how to get that goal, like how to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's something I do as well. I'm going to talk about as well. Oh, really? Maybe our brains are more similar than we realized. Well, after all, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't want to just rant all about my goal process. Is there any, I mean, like. I think you should. I'm very curious. Okay. So you, you write it in a notebook. Do you have a notebook of just goals or is this like your daily planner? Is it random every year? Is it something different every year or is there a pattern? I have about 20 moleskin notebooks, like some of them filled from front to back. I used to journal all the time. And then like one of them was like, oh, this is my notebook for goals. And then like I lose it like midway through the year. <laughs> Me too. And then, so I, I have, I have all of these notebooks and then, you know, you go to like the store and you see a moleskin, you're like, holy shit, that's awesome. I need a new notebook. And then you lose it or something like it just keeps popping up. So I have all these notebooks with like goals written in them. Your new goal. Keep your goal notebook. If don't lose this goal notebook, please. <laughs> this book belongs to Josh. All right. So basically set the big goal, start writing like little tabs on how to accomplish that go into the Cal and start writing dates of when I want to accomplish certain things. It's I think it's important to be somewhat realistic about what you're in control of. And so what I mean about that is like, oh, I want to write my passion project. That's great. And then for that, you can kind of put down how much time it's going to take for you to write your passion project. Is it going to be a couple of days or a couple of weeks, a couple of months, whatever the things. And if there's something like, oh, I want to work with Steven Spielberg by the end of the year, that's something which... Listen, I'm not here to tell anyone what they can and can't do and what's realistic and not realistic because that's within the realm of possibility in Hollywood. That's what's so fucking amazing about Hollywood. 100%. However, that is further out of the realm of like attainability than writing your passion project in three weeks. I, I guess my point is just be realistic about some of the goals and like what you have control of. Because a lot of times you don't have control of working with Steven Spielberg. Hey, I want to sell a spec. Great. You don't have full control over selling the spec. All you can do is like your best job. So I always try to stay very much aware of like what I have in my control. Absolutely. That's basically the theme of how I think of goals as well, where I do think globally once the year's at an end, I'm like, okay, what, what do I want my career to look like by the end of next year? What are the changes that I want to make in my career? How far ahead do I want to have moved forward in a year? And that could be anything like in my life, it has been a combination of any of these things where I want to staff on a TV show. I want all the studios to know who I am, meaning I want to actually be taking meetings at these studios. I want to finish a spec and I want to try and sell it 
I want to be pitching on more things. I want a manager or an agent. These are all goals that I've had, but those are these big sort of overarching career goals. I want to work with Steven Spielberg as an example, but you really do have to break them down into these realistic, practical steps that you can manage. Mm -hmm. As Josh was saying, you don't have control over whether a studio is going to want to meet you. <laughs> That's not within your physical control. So the second step that I always think about, once I have these big sort of bird's eye view goals that I'm writing down, my second step is always to write down the steps that I can control. For example, if I want to start meeting at a major studio, then I need to have a quality sample that my reps feel comfortable sending to those said studios. If I want to work with Steven Spielberg, I have to write a sample that could get his company's attention, right? That is something that Amblin would welcome coming into their doors that, you know, my agent could call Amblin and be like, hey, I have this great new writer that I think is perfect for you. I need to write that sample. So now that's something that I can actually do and have control over on my way to eventually working with Steven Spielberg. Right. I just want to say, I think it's also really great that you can kind of pinpoint what you need to do in order to get to that point. I feel like a lot of times when you're maybe just starting or if you're just kind of coming up, you think like you don't really know how to get to Steven Spielberg. You don't know that you need that script for a studio to read. And if you don't know that, ask somebody, right? Like that's something that should maybe be your goal. It can be as simple as that. Like, how do I get Steven Spielberg to read my script? And you just kind of work backwards from there. Yeah, one of your goals can definitely be ask someone about what Steven Spielberg or Amblin is looking for. Find out. And that is a completely reasonable goal that is within your control. Boom. You can somehow find a way to do that. And that's one step closer to working with Steven Spielberg. I'm now kind of inspired to try to work with Steven Spielberg by the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Tasha, in 2021, I will be in production with Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I'll be your assistant. <laughs> uh, so let's take another example and kind of break that down to sort of see what that looks like. Uh, another example might be to get staffed on a TV show, which is a goal that I actually had at the beginning of this year and ended up accomplishing. So the overarching goal, you want to get staffed on a TV show. And it's a really great goal because working in TV is actually one of the steadiest jobs that you can get as a screenwriter. It's, it's basically a day job as a screenwriter where you get a weekly paycheck while you're in the writer's room. And I believe that the WGA minimum right now for the lowest level writer in a room, which is the staff writer, and this is, I'm talking about in a 60 minute drama writer's room, is going to be $4,000 a week. So that's in Los Angeles. If you're in Los Angeles, which you actually don't need to be now because of Zoom rooms, but if you are, mm -hmm. that's enough to pay your rent for the month. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> for the month. <laughs> you're doing well. <laughs> you can pay your rent. It's also, I think, one of these places in our business where word of mouth really becomes a huge deal. Like, for example, in my writer's room, I've already recommended three people to another producer who's opening up their writer's room. And I know that at least one of the writers in our current room came from a recommendation of a friend. So once you get a job in a writer's room, the odds are much higher that you're going to wind up in yet another room. And again, it's a steady job. So this goal of getting a writing job on a TV show is a really great goal, but it's also a very big goal, right? Like you have no control over whether someone's going to hire you to be a staff writer. Well, so let me jump in and ask you something. You don't have to answer this if you don't want to like open up your book too much. So one of your goals was to get on, get staffed on a show. You did. 
When you look back at your goals from last year, did you basically follow the steps to get staffed? Yes. Oh, really? So like you manifested your way into the the room. It worked out exactly as you planned. Not exactly as I planned. Honestly, the job came as a surprise. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I did end up accomplishing the things I needed to accomplish in order to get that job. So yes, at the end of the day, those checklists, that checklist that I was able to check off actually made a difference. And for me, yeah. that checklist involved getting a new TV agent, someone who I felt could really push me in the TV department and really believed in my writing. And so I did that and that was very hard, but I did that and I could check that off the list. The next thing I needed to do was have a really strong TV writing sample that showed the kind of writing that I wanted to do as a TV writer. Like I'm not going to go be on an NBC cop show. Uh, I'm, I'm just not going to write, you know, those kind of weekly procedural. What if Steven Spielberg was directing them? But he wouldn't direct one of those <laughs> kinds of like SVU, CSI type of shows. All right. Fair enough. So I have to write a sample that's going to be for the job I want to get, right? Like they say, dress for the job that you want, like write for the job that you want. So I had to write a sample that was good enough. And then I did that. And when those two things came together, two things that were in my control that I could check off my list, that then allowed me to get my job in TV. Mm -hmm. It's only because my agent was awesome did my sample get in front of the showrunner? And only because my sample was awesome and in completely the genre in which I'm now working on the show was I able to get the job. So yeah, it, it is very real that if you can do these kind of break down your goals into manageable steps, you can then achieve your goal. Yeah, That sounds obvious, but it doesn't feel obvious because I know when I first started creating goals, I would just create the goal I want to staff on a show. And then May would come around and I'd be like, I'm not on a yeah. TV show yet. What's wrong? And it's because I, yeah. I didn't know how to then break it down into steps I could control. So I think your first step, let's just say, by example, this is what you want to do. You want to be a staff writer. Your first step would be get a TV sample. Have a good one. You can also have a feature sample these days for TV, as long as it's really good. Talk to your representation. Make sure they're on the same page as you. If you need to make changes, make those changes. And then also be prepared for the job. I think something that I did was I asked a lot of other writers who had been in writer's rooms, what was your experience like interviewing? I asked my agents, what can I do to improve in these rooms uh, to specifically get a TV job? So ask questions. Those are all things within your control. Yeah. So then once you break down your goals into things that you can actually accomplish, then kind of step three is what Josh was talking about. At least for me, it's the same as Josh, which is to now bring those things into my calendar. So it's not, you know, just have a goal written on the wall that says write a TV sample, work for Steven Spielberg, although <laughs> that's a good, maybe inspirational thing to have on the wall. But that's a vision board. Yeah. Yeah. That's a vision board thing. Um, but if you're anything like me, like that goal just will never get done. And I just feel shitty about it. So I need an actionable plan. So for example, if I have an outline of my new TV sample that I want to do, I will actually go into that outline. I will look at each section and I'm going to realistically assign a length of time to the sections in my outline. So the first three scenes of my outline, for example, okay, I could realistically get that done in one week. So now on my Google calendar, I'm very color organized. <laughs> um, so I create a whole different color for writing. And so for the first week in January or whenever it is I want to start my script, 
I'm going to put an event in my calendar that says for this week, I'm going to outline scenes one to three. And I'll do that for the rest of my outline in my calendar. I'll do that for whatever script I'm working on. I will break it down into weeks that are super manageable so that I'm not just looking at, oh God, this looming deadline that's coming in March that I have to finish my spec. It's just there staring at me. No, I have, okay, I have scenes I can get done this week. (laughs) Cool. I can do that. (laughs) It sounds so easy when you explain it like this. And it's not because I have failed many times. <laughs> like, as you were saying, I've definitely failed to hit my own deadlines and I will very much get upset with myself. And oftentimes I just won't do it. I'll just completely stop like outlining, completely yeah. stop putting things in my calendar because at that point it's like, oh, what's the point? I'm already late. So I think that's where your advice about being realistic becomes really important because if you're not realistic, you're just self-sabotaging yourself. So oftentimes what I'll do is I'll prepare for myself to, to not actually hit my own deadline and I'll give myself an extra week somewhere to finish something so that I just have a little bit of wiggle room. It's better to be ahead and be excited and proud of yourself than to be behind. There should be a service that people basically have to come and like slap you or take your money (laughs) or do something bad to you if you miss a deadline. It's like a deadline service where someone comes and like really fucks with you if you miss it. Well, we're going to get into this with goal buddies, but isn't that something that you and Dave have set up for your goal buddy situation where there is some kind of punitive (laughs) uh, response if you don't hit the deadline? Yeah. But I wish there was like something where it wasn't like my friend. Like I would like someone to come to my house. I'd open the door and like cough on me during the, no, that's, that's bad. <laughs> no, like open the door and like try to slap me or something like that where it's so bad where I'm like, fuck, I have to hit my deadline. It's the worst idea I've ever said. And I don't want anyone to cough on me and I'm fortunate to be healthy. So I take it all back and I knock on wood. Keep going, Tasha. <laughs> all right. Sorry, the image of a of a guy, and I'm imagining him looking like a hitman in a suit, bald, <laughs> just coming and just slapping you across the face because you didn't hit your deadline. All right, sorry, wish fulfillment. Um, so <laughs> something else to think about too is maybe you actually can't extend your deadline, right? Like, talk to your reps if, for example, specifically you are trying to get a TV job. There's there are seasons to hiring that often happens. So check in with your reps, ask them when your sample would need to be done in order to be properly sort of advertised to the world and meet that hiring deadline. Also, if you want to get on the blacklist, say that's one of your goals, then they have a deadline as well for submission, et cetera. So if there are very real deadlines, make sure that you're looking at those and schedule your time accordingly. Something I'll also do is I leave time in my calendar for notes. So let's say I turn in a draft on a Friday. I've written that into my calendar. The script is due on this Friday to my writer's group or my manager or whoever your support group is. And then I'm going to give them about a week to read it. And that's now not a week that I'm just playing video games all day until I get notes back. No, on Monday, I have a new task that I'm trying to complete that's about another goal whether it's reading something I need to read or want to read to research or whatever it is, writing something new, that's in the calendar as well. So leaving time for notes, make sure that's in your calendar too so you're not falling behind. Just a minor tip. Good, great tip. (laughs) Uh, Another thing that I highly advocate 
is finding a goal buddy. And I Ooh. really think it helps to have someone to talk to about your goals because you will feel guilty if you don't meet them, if you've accomplished nothing. <laughs> and if your motivation becomes fear of guilt that, you know, you're afraid to tell your goal buddy that you missed something, that's still valid motivation. <laughs> let me talk about what the goal buddy is. Do it. Let me, let me, let me be the commercial for a second. So here in act two, Tasha has created something called the goal buddy system. So basically Tasha had paired us up. Is that, did you pair us up with people? Yeah, we had a kind of mini party and at the party, I had everyone who wanted a goal buddy, put their name in a hat essentially. And we kind of pair people up that way. Oh, great. Well, as it turned out, my goal buddy happens to be our friend, Dave Levinson. I think I missed that party anyway, because I was like... Yeah, you didn't go to the party, and you picked your own goal buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Dave, I don't know what Tosh is talking about, but let's just goal buddy it up. And we made it official, because we would talk about stuff. I will say, though, it is very helpful, because even well, after, later today, we actually have a goal buddy uh, session. And so every week, Dave and I talk to each other. We catch up uh, where we are, we talk about what we want to do. I have some of Dave's uh, schedule in my calendar that I'll check in with him about. It's great. So I really, at first I kind of joked about it because I was like, oh my God, a goal buddy. I, Dave's already my goal buddy. But once you kind of make it like official and it's about writing and that's what you're here to talk about, mm -hmm. it's very helpful and people keep you on track. And let me just say, I think we've talked about this in previous podcasts, Tasha got everyone connected and then she didn't have a goal buddy. And I was like, Tasha, come join our goal buddy group. And then like 24 hours later, she's like, I am in three groups already. And then you had, you just completely dismissed us and you, you've got all these different goals. It goal was a really groups. sad day for me actually, because I started goal buddies because I really wanted one and then paired everyone up. And it was like that PE class where you're not picked, <laughs> but like it's your own PE class. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone picks someone else. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yes, I'm now in two goal buddy groups and I love them both equally. And ours is different than yours. I feel like yours is more active than mine, I would say. Oh, really? You meet every week, right? We meet every week, yeah. Yeah, we meet over Zoom about once a month. And I think it's largely because we're fairly good at keeping on track for the most part. I think if I did need more meetings, they would be there for me. But I think mm -hmm. something you said is very important because you can have a friend and be like, hey, you want to be my goal buddy? Sure. But if you don't make it official and you don't say like, we're going to meet every Thursday at this mm -hmm. time. And here's like our checklist of goals that we're going to go through. You don't have a plan. That's also not going to happen. <laughs> just like all your big goals, like it's just not going to happen. So make it official, even if it's with your friend. Um, my second goal buddy group is actually with two of my close friends and we have it in the calendar every Thursday at exactly the same time. And if you need to skip it for whatever reason you skip it, it's not a big deal, but you, you need to have it in your calendar. Yeah. Goal buddies. Yeah. Goal buddies. Uh, another thing that we have in our goal buddies thing, which is a huge takeaway for me about the whole system is that we have a Google spreadsheet that we all share. So when we meet up, we just kind of pull up our shared Google spreadsheet and we go through it for each person. So they each have their own section. And for my goal spreadsheet, if it's helpful to you guys, I can tell you what it looks like. My first section is writing goals. So this includes all of my writing related goals. 
So it's a short story that I'm working on. It's a general goal of trying to find two hours a week to work on my new spec idea. It's revising an outline. It's reading a very specific book or researching something. So anything writing goal related, that's all going to be on there. And then mm -hmm. within that, we also have categories. So we divide everything into just kind of how urgent it is. So is this thing due really soon? Is it kind of medium urgent? Is this a long-term goal that we're talking about over the course of the year? Is this an ongoing thing? Like keeping up on the producers I meet and keeping track of them is an ongoing goal that I have. So every time we check in with each other, my goal buddy will be like, are you doing that? Did you do that this week? <laughs> That's very helpful. And that just kind of really helps you pay attention to if you are categorizing them as how urgent they are. It helps your brain sort of immediately look at your list and be like, okay, I know what I need to pay attention to the most right now. Because if I have a list of 20 things I have to do, I'm going to be overwhelmed and I'm not going to do any of them. But if I break that list down into what needs to be done ASAP versus over the course of the year, that now feels more doable. So again, I'm just trying to do everything I can to set myself up for success here. Yeah. I think that you just hit, like, hit something important is you just want to set yourself up so yeah. you're not going to fail. Yeah. And what's interesting is the more we're talking about this, what, it's been 30 minutes of this podcast at this point, <laughs> it feels like a lot of shit to do. And a lot of you are probably like, what the hell? Like, these are just goals. Why are you guys freaking out about it? But over time, I think you and I have both learned that... The only way to have a screenwriting career that progresses every year is to make sure that your goals are on paper and you're actively working on them. Otherwise, your career can very easily stagnate. And that was a hard lesson that I know I had to learn. And this goal situation that we're talking about, as laborious as it seems, is actually incredibly important. I have something I want to say. Say it. I was going to, I wasn't going to say it. I was going to save it maybe or just not say it at all, but. Oh, no, no, I'm um, no, no, this is, uh, I, read a, I read a book called Made to Stick, mm -hmm. and it was basically about how these different companies changed what people thought about them, essentially. It's like this, the idea of making something stick. And what Southwest did was when they were completely rebooting their company, they just kept saying, you know, how do we come, become the low fare leader? You know, like, what do we do? How do we become the low fare leader? And, you know, they sat in a boardroom and someone would say, okay, well, what if we gave away, or like, how do we lower our costs? Like, what can we do to, 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 to be appealing to people for low cost and people want to fly with us, whatever. And someone was like, well, we could sing happy birthday to them. And they're like, great, that that's part of our plan. We're going to sing happy birthday to people on the airplane. Someone else was like, okay, well, we can, you know, sell them Coca-Cola or water or whatever the case. And they're like, well, does that save us money? And they're like, no, that actually costs us money. Like, throw it out. Point, the reason of this story is that it didn't align with their goals of being the low cost leader while also not spending any money. Mm -hmm. So this is full circle to say <laughs> everything that you do should be in service to your goal. Meaning if, if in your screenwriting career and, you know, you're going to be writing something, but maybe a friend says, hey, let's write um, this rom-com. And maybe that's not aligned with your goal, but your friend might have a compelling reason to write the rom-com. And you kind of get put in this position where, okay, like, do I do it? Do I not do it? That's pretty much up to you. But you just have to answer, does this align with the goals that I'm chasing after? That's an amazing point because it is so easy to get distracted over the course of the year 
where you're just drawn to all these different possible ideas. Oh, I could do this. Oh, what if I did that? What if I did that? And I think if you have a clear set of goals up front, that helps eliminate a lot of that back and forth that can often lead to stagnation. Either you don't do anything or you go off and write this rom-com with your buddy and it has nothing to do with your goals. It does not advance your career. You do not want to be writing rom-coms. You want to be writing dark horror thrillers. What have you just done? You know, so I I 100% agree. The clearer your goals are, just the clearer your march through the year is going to be. Yeah. You're a genius. I, I shouldn't have said that Southwest thing uh, and I should have made it sound like it came from me. <laughs> I mean, I'm impressed you read a book though. So that's <laughs> I'm impressed you read a book. <laughs> Earlier today, I asked Tasha what her favorite book was. She was like, War and Peace. I was like, of course, it's fucking War and Peace. <laughs> and then an hour later, you're like, I'm surprised you've read a book. <laughs> Oh man, I'm a dick. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. All right. Going back to the spreadsheet. I'm sorry, Josh. I love you. It's um, okay. <laughs> so I'll have my different categories of things that I want. Underneath those, I will break them down into the realistic actionable steps that we talked about. And I'll check them off. Google Spreadsheet is great in that it allows you to add a whole column that's a checkmark field. So it feels really satisfying to be like, I did that. That's great. And then next to that, for each item on my list of things to do, I will also add a progress notes column that just allows me to write updates in there, how far I've gone in the goal, any obstacles that I'm finding, deadlines that are involved, just so that when I go in there with my goal buddy every month, or in Josh's case, every week, they can look at it and just be like, oh, Tasha, I can see that you have a deadline next week on such and such project. Where are you with that? And they can genuinely check in with me. And I'm not lying to them about what I have to do, which is great. It's an accountability thing. And it's very important and very helpful. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's Goal Buddies. I think the biggest part for me with Goal Buddies was always that if I'm ever struggling with a goal, it's really hard to figure out your way through if you're just by yourself. If there's someone who's just as invested as I am in goals and helping me with my goals, then I get an emotional support system. I get someone who can help me with tips and tricks of how they've overcome that obstacle, which is something I very much get out of my goal buddy group. It's like, hey, guys, I'm having this problem of you know, not getting a, enough general meetings. How do you suggest I go about changing that? and they can tell me how they've done it. There's no negatives to having a goal buddy, basically. No. No, not at all. It's amazing. Yeah, I think we think that screenwriting has to be this very lonely job. And I think a huge motto of that, too, is just that it doesn't have to be lonely, that we can ask for help, and it's actually very helpful. Who would have thunk? And especially now, like, we're, we're so isolated and everything. We don't go out. We don't meet people. We don't see people. It's all by Zoom. It's like you need someone to lean on right now. Yeah. Agree. Do it. Find someone. So that's yeah. that's kind of what I do. Do you have more <laughs> or should we kind of go through sort of overall goal do's and don'ts? We can go over do's and don'ts. All right. So overall goal do's and don'ts. I think definitely step your goals out into actionable steps. Definitely use a calendar to keep track of your goals, to keep yourself accountable. Find a goal buddy 
meet with that person as frequently as you need to. And a big do for me is also to be kind to yourself. If you miss a self-imposed deadline, don't give up. Just extend the deadline and then dig back Fuck in. Fuck that. <laughs> be cruel to yourself and hold yourself accountable. I think there's a middle ground. <laughs> and then another do, I think, is to check in with yourself every three months or so. Where are you with your goals? And if you haven't been able to knock stuff off your list, reassess your list. Maybe you haven't broken your goals down enough into actionable steps. Remember, write a TV pilot is not an actionable step. Write scenes one to three, that feels way more manageable. And I think once you start being able to accomplish these little manageable goals, all of a sudden, halfway through the year, you should find yourself having made decent headway on the larger goal itself. So check in with yourself, reassess if you have to, but just always keep moving forward. Yeah. That's my list. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you have more? No, that was great. I bet you have don'ts, don't you? Just don't, don't do the, don't do the opposite of the do's. <laughs> <laughs> don't be kind to yourself. I think you covered it. So just package that up and you'll be good for the year. Yeah, that should definitely take you through the year. I'm exhausted just having to think about putting my goals together, but <laughs> excited at the same time. Do you know what your goals are for the new year are going to be? I mean, generally speaking, but I kind of have to sit down and really uh, map some things out and get, like we said, very hyper-specific about certain things. And I have to start putting them in the calendar and yeah, yada, yada. I mean, it is. It's very, I mean, it's so strange. It's very important. This is my kind of like in conclusion story that I was going to tell. It kind of it kind of pertains to goals. When I had I remember mo when I first moved to Los Angeles and I was with my friend, we took this walk and we were living in this complex where I think there was probably, you know, 45 to 50 people living in this apartment complex. And at that time, my friend was a filmmaker and we were just like we just wanted to make movies. And we ended up taking this walk and I saw someone like shooting something on the sidewalk and I saw someone else like writing at the like the coffee shop on the corner and i remember my friend and i were talking and we were like holy shit man like everyone in all of these apartment complexes want to do the exact same thing that we want to do and it was a really crazy experience because you know i was still new and i like it just hit me for some odd reason at that point and i was trying to calculate on the people on the block okay all these people there's thousands of people in the entertainment industry in this half block radius, like right here. And I guess my point is, is that if you aren't very persistent and just stay on course with your goals, you can find yourself kind of drifting out into no man's land. And before you know it, six months pass and you've been fucking around and someone else hasn't been fucking around because they listened to the Act 2 podcast and they wrote down all their goals. <laughs> and yeah, the idea is just to like, I always remember that and I always just try to stay as persistent as I can and just keep going after the goals because if you're not like chasing something, you're just dead. That's a really sad story to end with. Okay. Finally, just stay positive. <laughs> <laughs> you can't become the bitter writer. It's if true. you miss a goal, you know what? You're right though. You have to be kind to yourself. Stay positive. You and I talk about this often where something will happen to me and 
this just happened recently where I was like, so, you know, someone passed on something, but then something kind of came out of it, but I was really upset about the past. And I'm like, God, something did come out of it. Something awesome came out of it. It just doesn't feel that way. It just doesn't feel that way. You're like, God damn it. But like they passed on, you know, the, the initial thing and you just beat yourself up. But if you don't really acknowledge those little victories, it's just, it can really, it can really do a number on you. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing about if you do do goals and by the end of the year, you look back and like, look at all the shit you were able to check off your list, all the things that you accomplished, you may not have felt you accomplished a lot until you go back and look. And I think that's the conversation that we were having where yourself a year ago, two years ago, looking at that moment that you just described where something was passed on, but then you were given another opportunity because of it is a huge deal that year ago, two years ago, Josh would not have maybe imagined or would have thought was a really great thing. But I think uh, you sort of lose perspective. Be kind to yourself, Joshua. (laughs) That's going to be one of my goals for the new year. (laughs) Pat myself on the back. All right. My goal for the new year is to work with Steven Spielberg. That's now a new goal. (laughs) Would you just take my goal? (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a race to see who gets there first. Fuck. Uh, I know you're going to work with them first. (laughs) Two is to actually go into production on something. I'm really close on some things. I really would love to go into production on something. And three is to write a new feature, a spec feature. Say, I'm saying that to the world so that I will do my job and get in my goal list and do it. Great. I'm not going to share any of my goals with you. <laughs> I need the world to keep me accountable. <laughs> yeah. I think that's all. I mean, I'm sure that's all going to happen. Thank you, Josh. I genuinely mean that. That might not have sounded that way, but I, I mean it. Even if you, you don't can see my face. support is very helpful. Yeah. You'd get that weekly if you were in our goal buddy uh, group, but... Whatever. (laughs) All right. We're going to wrap up with our quote of the day. It's a long one, but bear with me. You need to get used to the task of writing. You must make an effort to learn to regard it not as something painful, but as a routine. But most people tend to give up halfway. I tell my young writers that if they give up once, then that'll be it because that becomes habit and they'll give up as soon as it gets hard. I tell them to write all the way to the end, no matter what, until they get to some sort of end. Akira Kurosawa. Please remember to rate and subscribe. And as always, the Act 2 podcast is a production of Act 2, a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter. This episode was edited by Paul Lundquist, music by 414 Beg, which you can find on Spotify. Spotify.